Good morning, and Merry Christmas to all of you, and grace and peace to all of you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This Christmas morning, we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, which says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Each and every Christmas, I am amazed, amazed at the impact of the old, old story of God's incarnation has on people. We've not grown weary of this ancient story, have we? A baby in the manger, shepherds in the fields, the lights and music of angels fill the dark sky. After 2,000 years of exhausting repetition, why do the events in the small Jewish village of Bethlehem still intrigue us so? Is it the momentum of the long-established traditions Homes are decorated with uh, juniper and holly. We deck our shrubs and frame our houses with tiny lights. Our living rooms display a decorated tree. Ornaments commemorate our vacation memories, past or our family history. Nativity scenes grace our lawns or our mantles. Ironic. Ironic, isn't it, that all this glitter, when the movement of God, that first Christmas, recalls is so far away from tinsel and glitter. The events of Christmas is about remembering who is responsible for this whole Christmas thing. The truth of Christmas is wrapped up in the words of the angel who said, Today, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. It was and still remains today a message of joy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him has eternal life. It was a very bold thing for God to do. God chose to take upon himself human fingerprints 
unique and special in their own way. The baby, born in Bethlehem to Mary and Joseph, was like every other human baby, was born in a normal way. Yet at the same time, God himself, the creator of the universe, decided to enter human history and possess his own special and unique fingerprints. Mary and Joseph gave him the name Jesus, just as the angel had told them. Do you know that Christmas was originally a worship service called Christ Mass, a celebration of the Incarnation? It was and is a celebration of the first of its kind when God became a human being, deity put on flesh and blood for a period of time. The creator God, the creator of all things, came to live on earth as a human being. The great theologian G.K. Chesterton calls correctly the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem as an enormous exception, something absolutely unique. Now we realize that in these economic times, the driven culture in which we now live in, the word incarnation does not sell toys. The celebration of the Christ Mass will not bring human eyes to view the windows and the stores of the merchants. To be sure, most people believe that there is some kind of creator or intelligent design who made the universe and some belief stepped away. The scientific fact that the galaxies don't collide, don't crash into each other, and the knowledge that gravity holds things in place cannot be an act of random accident. But to acknowledge that an omnipotent God would take on the form of a helpless infant in which the hands that made the universe would become hands too small to even reach out of a crib. It just staggers the human mind, doesn't it? Yet that's the miracle of the incarnation. That's the celebration of Christmas, of the Christ Mass. Never before nor since has any religion ever hinted that the one, God, the invisible maker of all things, became a human being and dwelt and walked on earth. But that's what us, we Christians, claim, believe. For the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, it was a bold thing for God to do in order to be known. God chose to have the fate of the entire world rest upon the small-town teenage girl and her 20-plus-year-old fiancé. How many times did Mary go over the words of the angel that he told her 
as she felt the growing infant kicking against the walls of her stomach. How many times did Joseph have second-guessed his encounter with the angels as just a dream? How easy, how easy it would have been for Joseph to explain away the dream while living under the gossip of all the neighbors who could plainly see the changing shape of the woman that he planned to marry. I am impressed that when the Son of God became a human being, he played by the rules, harsh rules, for we know that small towns sometimes don't treat kindly those who grow up with questionable paternity. When the story of the incarnation was told to the, to, excuse me, to the Romans, they laughed at an idea of God becoming flesh with real fingerprints. Oh, sure, a Roman god would, would have a fling with a, a mortal and then disappear to better godly realm because they knew that God has his own side of the world, their gods, and that the mortals had their own. The creator of the universe, God, taken upon himself flesh and bone, born into a world as an infant. The Romans thought that was hilarious. The celebration of the incarnation is politically incorrect. The word Christmas may work very well if one has lost the true reason for the season. But growing up, growing up, did you ever think that the word Christmas would become a political hot potato? And so in a world that does not want to dig into deeply into the meaning of the life or when life began or death, or want to deal with God's offer of salvation, of eternal life, seeks a new word, holiday, holiday trees, holiday lane, happy holidays. Christmas is not about a colorful package under a bow, with a bow under a glittering tree. Christmas is not about one who finds a stocking hung by the chimney with care. Christmas is about a baby, a crying infant, desperate for the need of a warm, loving touch, loving eyes, and a soft voice. Isaac would agree with me. How foolish for the creator of the world to choose his own set of fingerprints. Even the devil, even Satan, could see God's foolish decision. Because in the wilderness, he offered Jesus the opportunity to be a real king with real geography and adoring crowds. And Jesus declined. And one of the Christmas cards... I recently read reminds me of a story, the true joy, the true joy 
that fills our hearts of Christmas. And those that were here last night heard pastors say the same. I think he took it from me. The same Christmas message. I too save Christmas cards. Actually, Dorothy does. And it says, if our greatest need had been for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been for pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was the forgiveness of sins. So God sent a Savior. The angel's message had come to Mary. The angel's message had come to Joseph. Mary will give birth to a son by the Holy Spirit. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's appropriate that at the end of the service that we sing the hymn that Isaac Watts wrote 300 years ago. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. The ancient words of the Apostles' Creed, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, points the fundamental fact of the Christian faith. In Jesus Christ, God became one of us. In becoming flesh, God did not delegate salvation to a surrogate. He came himself. The events of Christmas recalls the moment in history when the Almighty God deliberately put himself into a state that Satan could tempt him. Demons could taunt him. Lowly human beings could slap his face and nail him to the cross. What a foolhardy, hardy thing for God to do. Against the claims of religious relativism, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds accepted the angel's message. The apostle Paul explains the mystery of the incarnation in this way. God was pleased to have all of his full deity dwell in Jesus Christ. He is the the visible image of the invisible God. Through the infant born of Mary, God the Father, through Jesus, reconciled to himself all things, whether things in heaven or in things on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God because of your evil behavior, but now, through faith in the child of Bethlehem, who was crucified on the cross, God has established and secured forgiveness and has brought about reconciliation by the physical body of Jesus through his death on the cross to present you holy and without blemish and free from accusation for your sins. If you, like Mary, 
and Joseph, continue in your faith, trusting the words and the promise of God through the angel. You too will have salvation. Unto you is born a Savior, Christ the Lord, the baby in Mary's arm. The baby in the manger is God in the flesh. Now listen to the story again as told by Walter Wannergan, as taken from the Book of God. He wrote, On a cold and damp night, the midnight fires of the shepherds had collapsed into sparks and red ambers. The shepherds shared the long night watch and felt the silence of the stars tiny dots in the sky. All at once, the stars began to explode. The shepherds became wide awake, frightened. The sheep began to scamper and run, looking for a way to escape the dark. The stars, tens of thousands, began flashing like white fires in the black sky. The shepherds were immobilized. Between the glorious notion in heaven and the dark earth below, there now appeared a single, endless pillar of pure white fire. And the fire spoke and said, Don't be afraid. And within that fire, a brilliant human form soothed, huge and very beautiful, rested its feet upon those mountains. And the angel said, I bring to you good news of great joy, which shall come to all people. Unto you is born this night in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be the sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a swarm of furious heavenly hosts swooped down and filled the skies, praising God. As Pastor called it last night, the the first Christmas caroling. The air itself was the music of the angels. The shepherds pushed the gate shut, tested the latch, and began to walk up the valley. Their legs were light. They saw the fires in Bethlehem. There they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. Does the baby have a name, they asked. Then Joseph remembered the words of the angel that said, you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Yes, Joseph says, his name is Jesus. God, the creator of the universe, who has the power to create life from nothing, the power to destroy the universe with his breath, chose to take upon himself his own personal set of fingerprints. A mystery the mind cannot understand. God dwelt and walked among us. By faith, our heart acknowledges this historical event. God was about the task of bringing those of us who were separated from his holiness by our sinful behavior back into a relationship of love with himself. God did that for you.
and for me. Christmas demands faith because the incarnation is a mystery. Our reason cannot succeed in trying to understand how God could have loved us to such a degree. And Martin Luther penned these words to describe the incarnation. He said, O Lord, you have created all. How did you become so small? To sweetly sleep in a manger bed where lowly cattle lately fed. Who can add to Christmas? You heard last night from John 3.16. The perfect motive of Christmas is that God so loved the world. And the perfect gift is that he gave his only son. And the only requirement is to believe in him. And the reward is that you shall have eternal life. If you're only here this morning because it's Christmas morning, and maybe your mother or your spouse brought you here, then let me encourage you to quit looking at yourself at what you can do to obtain salvation. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It is a gift, the gift of grace. Salvation belongs to the Lord. When you think about Christmas this year, let's try to keep things in perspective. Christmas must not be allowed to continue to slide into paganism, commercialism, in this world of fantasy. You and I, who have been exposed to the truth of God's words, need to remember That Christmas is about that special day when God sent his son into the world to be the sacrifice for our sins. Christmas is about you coming to know God. After all, that's why God sent his son into the world. Merry Christmas and God's blessings to each and every one of you. Amen.